Sell with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Think about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Another day in Selling from the Heart paradise, Daryl oh, Amy. What's we happening? we got an episode lined up oh, for you today. This is going to be a good one. So much fun. I'm excited about all of this. Um, I'm excited now as we're moving into spring. The year is well underway. The community uh, of the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. And by the way, this episode is brought to you by the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group, a community of authentic sales professionals and sales leaders. And uh, what I'm really excited about is not just the Insiders Group that we've been talking about, but out of this has blossomed this brand new thing called the Monthly Sales Leaders Mastermind, where sales leaders are gathering together once a month to encourage each other to solve each other's problems. And how many of you know sales leaders have a lot of unique challenges going on right they now? They do? <laughs> yeah, I, I've been told. <laughs> uh, but you know what? This is so exciting because what I like about this is this is another example of an authentic community coming together and saying, let's make each other better. And uh, so if you want to be a part of authentic community, uh, whether that's as an individual sales rep or as a sales leader now at the Sales Leaders Monthly Mastermind, you can learn more at sellingfromtheheart.net slash community. And uh, we've got some exciting things happening inside there, Larry. And this is, this is what happens when people get together and say, hey, I want to help other people. I want to approach all of this with a servant's heart. And that is a fantastic oh, hey, introduction. Darryl, that, was, that was a good to- tee up. Not bad, huh? You We've got just, an exciting you guest. Come off the go- you must have just come off the golf course or something because that was a good <laughs> – you just teed it up. But um, bump That's great. <laughs> but when we think about selling with a servant's heart, uh, I think of two people. I think of Larry Levine, and I also think of our good friend Jim Doyle. Jim, welcome <laughs> to the Selling from the Heart oh. podcast. It's great oh. to have you here. Oh, Jim, thank it's you. such a thank pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. No, I remember. Hey, Daryl, I remember it was it. It was a while back, Jim. Our paths crossed on LinkedIn, yeah. and all of a sudden, this fantastic book, "Selling with a Servant Heart," showed up on my doorstep, and I started reading. And I go, "Are Jim and I related?" <laughs> <laughs> but it was, <laughs> and we just we've just fast forward and fast tracked a really great friendship. I'm super excited, Daryl, to have him on the podcast. Jim Doyle, welcome. Thank you so much. And here, by the way, I'll tell you the rest of that story. Because <laughs> here's my definition of class act. Uh, my definition of class act is a guy who's written a book with a title very similar to yours, who picks up the phone and calls you and reaches out and talks about how uh, we share this mission together. That's class act. I love it. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, you are a kindred spirit and we're so glad you're here, which is why, Jim, I'm excited to ask you the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers. And that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? 
So it, for me, it is number one, an obsession with customer outcomes that drives every piece of the sales process, all done with humility and a heart to serve. Oh, wow. Perfect. Hey, so that, so the outcomes part is, Gerald, that's near and dear to your heart, but it's, you used a word that is just, we haven't heard used in a while when it comes to what does it mean to sell from the heart? And that's humility. Just share with us just why humility? What, what made you use that word? I'm just curious. Uh, I actually uh, wrote in the book a little bit that, that I believe that humility is a sales word. Um, mm. and, that it's a, and I'll tell you why. I think so much of the process of effective salespeople means reducing the focus on me and increasing the focus on the customer. Mm -hmm. So that's really the essence right there of humility. And if I go, mm -hmm. you know, if I go into a meeting thinking that I know the answers to the questions, um, which, by the way, as an experienced teller, I've blown that so many times thinking <laughs> that I know the answers to this and, and been proven, proven wrong, uh, and that's, that's not being humble. Um, if I come to one of your guys' seminars and I don't take any notes, that's, that's not humility, that's arrogance. And um, my, my view is that uh, humility wins because humility is uh, demonstrating in, in our actions that we really care deeply about the outcomes for our customers. I really like that. And I love the bridge between that heart to be um, authentically a servant in all of that and realizing that being a servant requires us to enter their world and really understand what's what we would call it something from the heart, meaningful value, like what is important to them. Um, it's not just going in there and um, and being a great guy, you know, a nice person. It's actually going in there and giving a rip that they succeed <laughs> both personally and professionally. And I think that that part of this is so compelling and attractive because we get both the authentic relationship and the value side of this when we come to the table as a servant. Yeah, don't you think um, I, I think that that we talk in every sales training program that I've ever seen, experienced or taught about, you know, doing diagnosis, asking questions. And yet 90% of the sales reps out there are doing what I call, you know, just level one diagnosis. You know, how's the market? How's your business? You know, what are you doing with this? And all of a sudden they're, they're, they're not really having deep business conversations. And so, um, you know, that's part of that authenticity and, and preparation for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so that I, you know, to me, that is a humble act. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I always, you know, I, I get concerned a little bit that, you know, the, the three of us who believe so much in that um, can can think that this is a soft subject or that we're, you know, you know, like la 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 people. And, this, you know, both of our both of our books start with the word selling and both right. of us are uh, intensely driven. All of us intensely driven to be successful. It's just that we've found uh, and believe in a different path to find success. Oh, that, that, that's so good. And, you know, oftentimes, and Daryl and I talk about this all the time, Jim, is the word soft. You know, we want to clump all these into soft skills. And, you know, we like saying, and, and Daryl's been noted for saying this, is soft skills yield hard dollars. But where I see the gap, and I'm really concerned about it, and I'd be curious your take on this, 
is the the people skills gap and the relational skill set gap that most sellers have because the focus is for a long time has always been on them, their company, their commissions, and so forth. And what I'm here to say is, you know, if you want to lead with a servant's heart, you have to learn how to care about the outcomes of the people that you're looking at. And, you know, in, in, in selling from the heart, I said, hey, if you want to understand what it means to serve, you got to lend a helping hand. And how many really want to lend a helping hand? So it was interesting to me. I interviewed uh, you know, close to 30 incredible salespeople. I would call people and say, here's my title. Who do you know that describes <laughs> this and, you know, would be this way? And then I'd uh, uh, reach out to them and do these interviews. And uh, what was interesting to me was, and it, and it really is to your, to your point, um, they are all very, very driven, but they're trying, they, they, they'll approach a sales process completely different than, um, than most sellers. I think most sellers are very superficial about the amount of preparation they do. Um, and uh, Rory Vaden, who I interviewed for the book, who mm -hmm. you guys know, a colleague of ours in the National Speakers Association, Rory, Rory talked about uh, acute listening. Um, it's not just about asking questions. It's about just listening acutely to the answers so that uh, he said, it's like hearing a pin drop in a crowded room. Mm. Well, most of us listen with the next question in mind. Mm -hmm. I think we're trying to help sellers to listen and, and hear the silence. Uh, a 60 Minutes producer friend of mine uh, produced a show like that. He used to say the greatest sound bites they ever got when they interviewed people was after the person gave them the answer. And, oh, paused, they, and they paused and stopped. Great sales technique. Mm. Stop. Don't talk. And he said then the person they were interviewing would almost always give them the most honest and compelling piece of sound. Beautiful. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> This is this has uh, been on my heart uh, today. Even um, one of the things I've been doing, and Jim, we were talking before the show. I'm training to go to Mount Everest Base Camp, and uh, part of that training with the podcast alumni, selling from the heart podcast alumni, Jason Van Camp. And so, there's physical training, there's mental training, there's professional training. One of the things he's had us doing is mindfulness um, training, and and one of the things that's been so helpful to me realizing that um, my tendency is not to be a great listener. My mind tends to more than wander. It turns tends to spin up and uh, not only think of the next thing, but think of the next eight moves uh, in advance, right? Um, because I'm, I'm a plan. Only, only eight. Game. Hey, Daryl, only eight? Yeah. So uh, I, I'm like building a whole new model. Uh, and, and so... I'm, you know, I, I'm learning from this exercise of mindfulness where, where they literally have us, you know, breathing, just breathe. And when your thoughts wander, gently invite them back. And uh, it's funny because I, I internally, um, with all apologies to Jason and his team, was kind of internally mocking this for the first week or two, going, what in the world? What a waste of time. Why am I doing this? But what I've discovered is when it comes to listening, um, this skill of being able to take my mind back um, to the moment to be present is something really, really helpful for me. And, and so I think that 
Yeah. Sales, sales professionals. Uh, you know, we've all said the balance of talking and listening should always be way on the side of, of listening, but I would up the game on that and say the balance of actually listening versus talking or talking in your head or planning what you're going to say next should be, uh, should be out of balance. What else did you learn? You interviewed... <laughs> And, and I'm sitting here trying to think about how I'm going to respond to that. Oh, of course. I know. It's so funny. It is so beautiful, funny. Hey, Jim, it's only natural. Jim, it's only natural. We all do it. So I love the mindfulness stuff because uh, uh, what I've learned, uh, probably the most powerful thing I've done in the last uh, seven or eight years of my life is uh, to, to have that practice. And it's slow down to go fast. It makes yeah. it, has, it has helped me be so much more effective um, in, in every part of my life, including relationships and um, it's uh, that, that's cool. So, I love the humility of preparation. Um, and you know, one thing we hear from sales professionals, we've all heard this because we've said it ourselves. I don't have time for that. I don't have time. Uh, I don't have time to read. I don't have time. You know, for all of this, it's kind of like an athlete saying, "I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm just going to go to the game. I'm not going to do any training." But the reality is, um, somehow. I think this this servant's mindset uh, puts a major priority on preparation. What did you discover as you were writing the book? Well, I, th I think two things for that. I would say uh, w one is one of the greatest lessons of this book for me. You, you know, you I think you write a book and you sort of think you might know some of the, what you're going to write and what are the lessons. But one that came out as I was deep into the interviews was um, the extraordinary responsibility of trust. When someone trusts you. So we build an authentic relationship. We build a committed relationship. Well, damn it, then there's a lot of responsibility with that because mm -hmm. uh, now that person's going to trust that your solution makes sense. And you better be on your game with understanding all of the opportunities your product can bring, all of the challenges that uh, users might find so that you can help that client get to the outcome that they want. Because it's mm -hmm. only when they get to the outcome that you're really going to uh, reduce your churn and, and then allow your sales to continue, to continue to grow. So I think if I said, what was the lesson that surprised me the most? It would be how um, it's not enough to be trusted. Once you're trusted, there's an awesome responsibility behind that. Let's, let's, let's continue on this. Let's peel this back. When you say an awesome responsibility beyond that, Let's peel this back a little bit more. And and before I do this, is because one of the one of the things, and, and I loved reading the book and I've read it twice, is that they also have this long vision in mind. Right. You know, these the servant sellers that you interviewed, besides they cared about the outcomes and they cared about what happened afterwards, they were looking at this with, you know, long-term vision as opposed to short-term vision. So let's just dig into this just a little bit more if you'll. You can. Well, I mean, so so what I think what that means is um, they believe that if it's good for the customer, it will ultimately be good for them, mm. even if in the short term it might not necessarily be good for them. It will ultimately be good for them. That's how committed this group was to the customer outcome. I mean, they will tell a customer, you know, here's a solution that maybe we don't offer that that can be better. Uh, Rory uh, introduced me uh, to, he said, the best salesperson he's ever met with is his wife, AJ. Uh, and uh, AJ, when she was still in her 20s, was selling multiple two, $300,000 consulting uh, projects 
to Fortune 500 companies, and she was still in her 20s. Wow. And uh, and she said, uh, she told me a story. She said, I I was doing something um, for their current company for brand, uh, and and somebody just it was clear that this person was not going to have the time to engage in a more robust coaching program. And uh, she said, I just said, you know, this is not going to be right for you because you'll spend the money and it won't work. But there's a, but there's a program that we have that's uh, mostly online. It's uh, a small fraction of the cost. It's what really makes the most amount of sense for you. Sacrificing her short-term desire to make a sale for what was in the best outcome of the customer. And, and you guys all know this. Every time we've done this as salespeople, it turns out that it pays off in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, one of, my, one of my meditations is everything that I give is given to me in return. So, you know, I may not get it back from exactly from that customer, but if I'm uh, taking that added towards, attitude towards customers, I'm going to win so big. And that's why these people were so incredibly successful. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love this. I love the heart uh, behind all of this. As you were as you were meeting with uh, what was the, what was the biggest surprise that came out of these conversations? Uh, because there's always an outlier that you go, oh, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Uh, so I so I get referred to all these people, right? That that everybody says this person sells this way or this woman is fabulous. Uh, what was the biggest uh, surprise was the number of people who were very upfront about saying that this way of selling was not their default. Mm. And that was especially true for men. Mm. And one of the researchers that we consulted who had done testing on sales applicants and was able to uh, extract stuff from his database said, he said, uh, younger men, he, he described it as a testosterone-fueled drive <laughs> to win. And he said, sometimes it takes a while for those men uh, to, to sort of evolve uh, into seeing that the way to win is to do it this way, the way that we write, that you write about and that we talk about, uh, rather than this win by close early and close often. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I think that's encouraging to all of us as yeah. well, because I, I have confessed openly many, many times in this podcast, I was not taught to sell from the heart. That is not what I learned. Um, I was, I learned it, in many ways, the exact opposite of, of many things we uh, believe in and teach and, and hold dear now. And uh, it is encouraging to know that this is uh, behavior, mindset, heart set that can be learned, nurtured, developed. I'm curious if, if you were coaching a, a salesperson who's maybe just on the fence on this. Like they're saying, I, you guys, you guys with your servant selling and selling yeah. the it sounds intriguing. You get a, but... real, you get a real job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as, they're mean, ma- as they're making faces behind us. That's right. I mean, I learned A, always B, you know, all of that. We learned the ABCs yeah. and all of that. But if you were coaching someone that said, okay, I, I, uncle, I give in, I give, I want to, I want to begin, um, you know, changing my mindset and, and how I go about selling, um, to having a servant mindset where, how would you recommend that somebody get started and, and nurture that, um, in their selling style? Well, it's such a great question. I, I think the answer I would have to that is, um, 
the part of the sales process that I would be much more focused on if I was coaching somebody who was making that evolution would be um, making sure that your diagnosis calls were um, significantly better researched and more thorough mm. than um, I think we're used to doing. Um, most of the things that I used to, uh, most of the questions that I used to teach advertising salespeople, which was our uh, niche um, to ask, um, now the sales rep better know those before they walk in because all of those are available online. You know, yeah. how long have you been in business? How many stores do you have? That and that. You know, you better know that before you walk in. Um, what is missing in most industries is the real why. Why is this product um, uh, maybe what what is what do you need to accomplish? You know, I would say nobody wants to spend any money on advertising. You know, they want the things that advertising can buy. Uh, mm -hmm. Nobody wants to buy a copy machine. They want the outcome that they're going to get from it. And by doing better informed diagnosis and then listening more effectively, you really can identify what is the outcome the customer uh, wants, you know, the hole and not the drill bit. And I think that's the one coaching area that most people think they do it. You know, you know, many, many sales reps think they do it. But that's probably the area where when you really start to make a transformation, you'll get much deeper into that process. I think it, um, God, this is so good, is mm -hmm. I think it goes to business competence, you know, business conversational skills, business acumen, things like this. And it, I, I mean, if I was just going to, if I was going to take something out and just chuck it, you know, just like take a dart and, and just throw it at, you know, what we're talking about. And, and, and it's got to land on, I think salespeople just ask questions just far <laughs> enough because that's all they know. And I'm going to stick mm -hmm. up for salespeople on this one just for a second, just to flip this around is that's what they know because that's what they've been trained on. And I believe that, I believe that when you can take these things a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper is where you're going to get to the root of the problem. You mentioned a little bit before Jim on the podcast, slow down to sell faster. I think all of this goes back to lack of conversational skills and confidence in themselves that they can have one of these deep rooted, deep seated conversations to get to the root of what's happening. Well, the interesting thing about both our books um, uh, is that both of us wrote, I wrote a fair amount of my book and then wrote, um, a chapter on managing servant heart sellers. Uh, you wrote a fair amount of your book and then talked about uh, managing um, people who sell from the heart. I, I think that, um, you know, this is, there's a, a funny line that says, uh, the headline you'll never read is plane crash in Tampa passenger error. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, know, you know, there is a responsibility of leaders. Yeah. Um, to model the behaviors that they want and to train on the behaviors that they want. And the challenge today is it's um, in a lot of industries, it's hard for leaders to do that because they're under such tremendous pressure mm -hmm. um, to make the number, to make the month, to make the quarter. And um, so I think part of our roles, all of us is to persuade leaders that they're going to win even bigger as they can mm -hmm. put more of these kinds of people on their team, even though they will occasionally be very challenging to manage. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is, I, I think that is so spot on. And the, 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 the thing we all have to, you know, it's easy to say, well, I have so much pressure to hit the number. Well, join the club. I mean, there's nobody in a sales role or a sales leadership role that doesn't have a number and doesn't have a lot of pressure to hit it. And if you don't have a lot of pressure to hit your number, guess what? 
your number is going up. So <laughs> you're going to always have pressure in, in sales. So I think there's, you know, there's part of that is like, just take a deep breath uh, on that. That's part of your reality. Do some meditation and mindfulness around your number. It's big. It's always going to be, there'll always be pressure. But and I, I think there's, there's part of that, that mindset where we just have to like lose that as an excuse and go, you know, yeah, I'm here. They hired me because there's a big number in this sales role or in this sales leadership role. Now let's set that aside as an excuse and let's actually make that a motivator to go. If we're really going to hit this big number, my team needs to have the skills they need to have business conversation and build trust and, and all of that. Um, you know, it, I, I think so many of the things that we, we do, um, there that we want are a byproduct of other things that we do and sales and sales development leadership is, is probably a, there's so many examples in there. Don't you think though, that one of our major responsibilities, um, as thought leaders in this space is to persuade sales leaders that this is going to work. Mm -hmm. um, because I think um, they, um, they want to believe it. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, many of them, many of them want to believe it. Mm -hmm. But um, I've seen so many times, I'm sure you guys have as well, where they, they yes, I want to do it this way. Yes, I've drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, but then on uh, Monday, they come back into a sales meeting and they've got some package that has to get sold this week. Um, <laughs> you know, and how many calls are you going to make and how many pitches are you going to have and what's in your pipeline? And, and, and so I think, I think I'm almost convinced that there's more work for us to do with sales leaders mm. to see this, uh, to see how the world's going to change than there is in, in just in salespeople. Well, so, so, he, so here's, here's the thing is the issues, right? Whatever the issues are, and I'm going to throw this at sales leaders since we're talking about it is the issues that sales leaders face on their sales teams today just didn't happen overnight. It's not like they rolled into the office on Monday morning and all of a sudden they've been hit with all these monumental issues. They've happened. They've been small, consistent steps in certain directions over time. Both good so, and bad. Ex absolutely. 100%, Jim. So, yeah. so, there, so therefore, right, these issues have been creeping, right? They, they probably started developing years ago, I would submit. So if you want to turn things around, it's going to be small incremental steps in a different direction. You have to be willing to have patience. And this is going to take a little bit of time. But it, it, it's coming to that point where you say, hey, you know what? This is going to take some time. The issues that occurred happen over time. We're going to correct this over time. And that's, I, I believe that's where a lot of people hit this as they go, boy, I don't know if I could, I can stomach this, right? I can't, right. I don't know if I can stomach this turnaround. Well, or I'm, uh, another way of saying that same thing, I think is I, I lack the confidence in my plan. So I'm going to impose whatever corporate's plan was or whatever my boss's mm -hmm. plan was. And um, and it's really because I always tell managers in the business we, we serve that um, if you don't have a plan, they do. And, you know, corporate people uh, do a lot to create yes men and then hate them when they show up. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, they want somebody to push back and they want somebody mm -hmm. to say, hey, I've got a plan. And if you do that, I think most bosses are going to say, OK, make the number then. I love it. 
I love but most it. Of, most, most of us are afraid, uh, insecure, scared, you know. Um, and so we, so we say, okay, well, we'll try and do both. And that, right. That straddles tough. Yeah, no. well, hey, yeah, but you know something? Part of leadership is, right, sales leadership is leading. Just say lean in and lead up and watch mm-hmm. what starts to happen. Well, but, and, and, but let's be realistic. I mean, we, get, we all get to give advice and leave. And um, we're not <laughs> on the other end of the phone call yeah. from uh, the boss. Um, and so I, I always want to be respectful of the challenges sure. that people are under. And I think my, my, our job is to inspire people to say, hey, if you've got three sellers like we've described in your book or that we describe in our book, if you've got three sellers like that on your team of eight, what would that do to your business? Mm, yeah. Uh, because you're not going to get eight. But if you've got three, what would that do? Yeah. And how do you find that person? And how do you encourage that behavior? Mm-hmm. How do you model that behavior yourself? I love it. I love it. Makes me think of the great Drucker quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And um, this is this is great, Jim. I'm so glad you shared time with us today on the podcast. Oh. It is such an honor. How can folks get more of Jim Doyle? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn TV, Jim Doyle. Uh, uh, the book website is called uh, ServantSellingBook.com. Mm. And uh, you guys are just fabulous. And and uh, uh, once again, a class act, uh, my friend Larry. And uh, and he told me a little bit about how you connected. So we got a couple of class acts on this uh, <laughs> on this podcast. So I, I just like how you use my name first. So that was all good. I appreciate you, Jim. <laughs> I, I hear that, Larry. I see where you're going it's there, Jim. Good. <laughs> Thank you. It has been an honor, and you are a true uh, champion of selling from the heart. We really, really no, appreciate you. you. Thank you so much. Larry, what an oh. incredible conversation. And really, I feel like you know we just dipped our toe in the water in terms of the depth of uh, wisdom that's available here. I want to challenge everybody. If you haven't already uh, during this episode gone out to buy the book, uh, you need to get this book right away because it is powerful. We'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, this this is uh, this is just such an incredible gift to this community of authentic sales professionals, and and I have just absolutely loved every moment of this conversation today. Is you know what's interesting is like minds and like hearts attract one another. And that's that's how Jim and I, you know, found each other. He, this would be the challenge, right? Think about this, like hearts and like minds within your clients and your future clients. Mm. Could they be a magnet to future growth? I, I, I submit yes. I think the, the law of attraction is definitely in place here. And we talked about uh, sales professionals. We ended the conversation talking about sales leaders. And I think the challenge here for sales leaders is to look forward not short term, mid mid to long term and go, what type of team do you want to have? What do you want your culture to be like and begin to attract people? That's a long conversation. I bet that's a conversation thread that's going to happen inside the monthly sales leaders mastermind. Uh, go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash community to learn more about that. We'll put a link in the show notes. This is going to be a community of like-hearted sales leaders. It's going to go right uh, incredibly nicely alongside the Selling from the Art Insiders group. All of this, I'm so grateful for this uh, entire movement, for the community of authentic sales professionals that's gathering and around Selling from the Heart. It's an honor uh, to meet many of you. We get to talk with a lot of folks through our website, through social. 
Um, and one of the things that is a huge, huge gift, if you'd be uh, willing to give us a gift of leaving a review on this podcast, this helps us spread the message every week. More and more people are tuning into Selling from the Heart. And what that means is the community of authentic sales professionals and sales leaders is growing week by week. And uh, I don't know about you, Larry, but that gets me fired up. It, it does. It just it, it warms my heart because there's not a day that goes by that somebody's not saying something about Selling from the Heart, whether they're sharing the podcast or holding up a picture of the book or talking about what the books meant to them. So I sincerely appreciate it. This is what building community is all about as we build and continue to grow this movement around selling from the heart. Uh, so exciting. Well, until next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, sell with a servant's heart, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.